The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. And welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. You can think of us as the Cloud Strife and Barrett Wallace of gaming podcasts. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I am one of your hosts, Kyle, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who does this show because he's passionate about the cause. Josh, how are you doing this evening? I am exhausted. Uh, also, I am definitely not Barrett in <laughs> this duo. <laughs> you actually, right, people can't see you, but you're <laughs> even more dressed the part. <laughs> I am more dressed apart for Barrett tonight. That is very true. So I don't know. I don't know that I would be the Barrett of the group either, though. <laughs> I am the, uh, I think we're the Biggs and Wedge of the group. Yeah, but you are you Biggs <laughs> and I'm Wedge? Is that what we're doing? Uh, I, I don't even necessarily... No, <laughs> no, I'm totally I think, down with being wedge. I think like, you're the I, bigs. I could totally be wedge. I'd be totally 100% fine with that. Wedge voiced by um person who plays um Badger in Breaking Bad, which I was happy to look up and find out I was right when I when I thought that. So, yeah, Josh, you hey. want no secret? I uh, I love it's not a secret if you tell me. I'm just telling you, no one else is gonna know. Okay, I've only ever seen one episode of Breaking Bad. I feel like you've told me the secret on a podcast before. <laughs> that's why I mean, when everyone's like, you oh, it's the time person on from Breaking right? Bad. <laughs> I do. That's true, I guess. But yeah, when people were talking about how it's the person from someone from Breaking Bad, I was like, oh, that's cool. I Great. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. You know, we have a lot of things I think we can talk about this week. We, have, we each brought our three topics for the show, which is great. Yeah. But a lot of fun and interesting things have happened since we even got ready to record this show so do you think we should just kind of get into things we might as well right all right so thanks so much for joining us this week everyone as always if you have any feedback questions or suggested topics hit us up at board with vg on twitter or check out the instagram also board with vg we're a proud part of play some video games and psvg is on patreon we're absolutely thrilled with the support you've given us there thus far and if you'd like to monetarily support what we do you can find us there at patreon.com slash psvg but the most important thing is just that you listen and maybe share our podcast with someone else who you think would enjoy it. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network, so if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast as well as all of the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. Josh, last week we experimented with a little bit of a format change. We're going to stick with that format change this week. As always, if you have feedback, thoughts on the format, let us know. But Josh and I have each brought three topics to talk about. They could be game reviews. They could be news stories. They could be just things we're thinking about related to board games or video games. But Josh, why don't you kick us off? What is your first topic? Hey, well, I like this format because it takes the pressure off of me when I don't play board games with my wife, who doesn't like to play board games <laughs> <laughs> anymore, apparently. Um yeah, so my first topic, I think, is the topic on everyone's mind, right? And uh, I think that is Final Fantasy VII Remake. 
Uh, it came out on Friday or Thursday night, <laughs> midnight. It did. Friday a.m. Um, so basically, I just thought we would, uh, uh, the two of us could go over our thoughts so far. Obviously, spoiler free. Uh, my specific questions or what I was curious about is um, if it has met uh, or exceeded our expectations and where do we think it will go from here. So I don't know if you know this off the top of your head, but do you know? How many hours you have logged in Final Fantasy VII Remake yet? I so believe far. when I yeah when I saved it just before playing some board games this afternoon and eating dinner, I think I was at ten and a half hours. Okay, so when I saved it right before we recorded, <laughs> <laughs> I am at sixteen twenty-five. Which I think for both of us, not too bad for a game that just came out. Uh, it's pretty crazy for me having a three-year-old. <laughs> uh, luckily, I haven't uh, slept since. What's today? Sunday. I haven't slept since Friday night, so I mean, is that I have, really luckily? I have had <laughs> a lot of time on my hands so to play. What chapter play. are you in then? Uh, I'm on chapter nine. Really? Yeah. Okay. I, nine so... or ten? It could be ten. I might have just crossed into ten. Okay, because that's interesting. Because I'm pretty certain I'm in chapter eight. Okay. I mean, Which... I have literally been. Uh, going in every back alley, uh, finding everything to open, doing right. every side quest in every town. Yeah. Um, I've been kind of going crazy with, um, uh, oh boy, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm literally just getting a message from Kevin that says, Donnie told me, hold Final Fantasy till end of this week so we can wait to record the next one for another week. <laughs> well, that's too late. Done. <laughs> <laughs> We've committed. We didn't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I've li- I've literally been um, like uh, I do this in games like Diablo uh, or like adventure games. Like when I look on my map and I can see where I'm supposed to be going. Right. I I tend to go the opposite way on purpose. Yep. I do and in in this game, they tell you the the characters you're with yell at you <laughs> you're going the wrong way i'm like okay yeah. good so i don't have to go further in this area there's definitely things i've missed um i know that because um some gates were locked etc um but i think that might explain why my playtime is a bit longer um maybe than people where i'm at are um i haven't done too much extra like i've heard people have been playing like some of the mini games for a long time Right. I've only done them once and then okay. and then moved on just because I know the time suck it can be. Right. Um and I'm trying to take advantage of the time I've been gifted before right. it runs out. <laughs> yeah. So I don't want to like look that gift horse in the mouth. Well something that might give perspective and I'll I think this will be spoiler free. You had asked a question in our Discord. We have a Final Fantasy Seven spoiler channel in the Discord. You had asked a question about a special currency, and then we're like, oh, I just figured it out. That's where I just got to. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and, and I literally, like, minute after I text, like, messaged that, that's where I was. Yeah, so just for a perspective, like, so I don't know if having six more hours is appropriate to get to where you are. So that is where I am, though, as far as, because I feel like I've been pretty thorough in all of uh my exploration there are some mini games i have not gotten to yet that i know so i think i'm doing a pretty good job because i am also trying to go down every back alley every you know nook and cranny i am also always walking the opposite direction and then getting slowed down very very slowly you get the little thing that's like you can't go this way and then your yeah. other character's like what are you doing 
So, yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. Uh, but what are your overall thoughts and impressions so far? Well, good news. FF is Fast and Furious, not Final Fantasy, so we're good. <laughs> Kevin was telling me we're going to wait another week to do our next uh, Fast and oh, Furious podcast. Perfect. <laughs> Uh, so we're safe. Uh, what are my thoughts so far? Well, okay. So I have a lot of thoughts. Uh, uh, really quick. Sorry. Yeah. Did you play the original? I did. And that, that's what I'm going to talk about for okay. a second. Um, because I know that not, I mean, it's kind of that game. Like everyone says, like, this is the game to play. But I also firmly believe if you, <laughs> if you, Wanted to play Final Fantasy VII, like, 10 years ago was the cutoff date. Don't play it between, like, anymore. It's <laughs> It doesn't hold up. Uh, it's just, uh, I mean, if I, if the PlayStation Classic is any, um, uh, uh, gives you any idea of how just poorly the those those games of that genre, or not that genre, that decade or, or whatever age, like, they just don't hold up. So... It's tough to go back to that. Even when you see like Steam has it like remastered. No, it still looks terrible. So I have very fond memories, but it's it's also been so long since I played it that they're more um it's more foggy and then like certain things like obviously important things shine. Mm-hmm. So playing this it's really interesting to me because I can I know playing this that it's not the same game. Right. But I know that it is also the same game. It's really weird to explain, but basically, so far, I mean, I'm like 16 hours in, right? And it's probably four hours in the main game because what they've done is they've really developed the story more and they've given you more to do in, in like maybe it's like uh, if you watch a movie and there's a montage, mm-hmm. you're, you're playing the story beats without a montage. So everything like you pick any movie that has a montage, Rocky, instead of watching Rocky train in a three minute montage, you're doing that for seven hours. Like you're getting all the details. So there's a lot more added to the game and the story elements that I'm really appreciating. And it doesn't hurt that it looks incredibly good. (laughs) It really does. Doesn't it? (laughs) It's kind of insane how good it looks, and and um, and I'm, I'm going back and forth between playing it on a on a um, 4K TV and on a, on a standard TV, and honestly, uh, it still looks great on both. So um, I think where it shines is the music, which yep. is shouldn't wouldn't be a surprise for Final Fantasy fans, but if you're not a Final Fantasy fan, uh, I think that the music will still stand out. And uh, did you play Crisis Core on PSP? I did not. Okay, so it, it kind of takes the the combat system from Crisis Core, and if I guess it's similar to Kingdom Hearts, but it's a little bit more intricate than Kingdom Hearts. I think, and not mm-hmm. not not a slam on Kingdom Hearts at all, but there's just a lot more to manage if you choose to manage. Um, right. And um, I I I don't know about you, but I pick Classic Mode because it's easier, but you still have the whole team control because if you pick easy mode uh your your teammates are like automated uh but with classic mode you can kind of jump back and forth at least that's how i read it 
Um, Wait, so of the three starting things, there was three at the beginning. Yeah, classic, easy, and... And no, quote-unquote normal? Yeah, maybe normal was the other one, yeah. yeah and so I, you picked the middle one? I picked the classic, whatever classic was. The one that, okay. that made... Like, the one that spoke more to me about how I played the first one. Gotcha, like the, okay. Played it the first time. Um, <laughs> there's, I would, there's a lot I want to talk about because there's a... I don't want to call it a jump the shark moment, but there's definitely, I don't know if you got to the honeybee stuff yet. No, I have not yet. But there's, there's just a very, uh, (laughs) uh, weird turn it takes for, for a minute. Uh, I think that they, they handled it well. And there's actually a really cool, um, like mini game sequence that is incorporated into this like chapter of the story. Mm -hmm. Um, but if, if, if someone like walked into me playing by myself during like this chapter of the game, <laughs> it would look very weird. And it's definitely very like JRPG. Like it, that's probably the best way I can describe it without being insulting to anybody. Uh, it's, it's funny. It's quirky. I really like the sense of humor in this game and I forget right. how adult the, um, the language is. Uh, yeah. It's very, it's very adult. So, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of it that I that it I don't recall um, from when I played like forever ago. But right. I played when I played, it was uh, sleepovers at my buddy's house, and he played, and I um, was in charge of the the um, the guide, and I would have the oh, book gotcha. in my hands, and we would get everything right. That was our goal. Right. Like, don't miss anything. Prima strategy guide or whatever it was back then. Yeah. So we would go and get all the ult- like the ultimate summons and uh-huh. knights of the round. And we'd have to go underwater to get Leviathan. I don't know if this all is incorporated in this game, but uh, there's definitely some new things that are incorporated, like VR missions yeah. where you can get summons, which is really cool. That's not a spoiler, I don't think. Um, uh, but it's, it's a Final uh, Fantasy game with summons. What I know, <laughs> uh, it's just. They did. They did a good job at in, uh, incorporating uh, new ways to uh, progress. So, uh, with, uh, at the risk of talking too much on this, can you please tell me what you think about this game so far? Yeah, I don't know if there is necessarily a too much because this is the big game of the moment right now, right? Like yeah. this was the game that was announced forever ago. Tons of controversy about it. You know, oh, it's part one, so is it a quote unquote full game? All of that good stuff. You know, and I've thought a lot about that because that's been a topic of conversation and has come up in the Discord. And really, I I think it comes down to if the original had never existed, no one would have a problem with this. Right. Right. Because, you know, Mass Effect trilogy, no one says the first game isn't a full game. The Lord of the, like, when you look at the Lord of the Rings, no one says the first book or movie isn't a complete book or movie. Yeah. Uh, The only reason anyone has, I think, an issue with it is because it's taking a property that we got in a different way before, um, and you're not allowed to change that, apparently. So (laughs) I I definitely feel, though, that I understand why they're doing it in parts now when I look at this. Uh, Overall, I'm really enjoying it. I'm having a great time. Like you said, the game is gorgeous. The music is incredible. I am playing on the quote-unquote normal, or however you want to, with the more action-y combat uh, that you can still switch between characters. You still have a lot of control over what others are doing, but it's kind of more of a tamed-down Devil May Cry type action combat, which is great. It's a lot of fun. I think the combat is actually surprisingly challenging. Oh, yeah, for sure. 
I'm surprised that if I, even against, you know, enemies that I have defeated before, other than maybe like the Shinra guards, outside of that, like if you just go into a fight and don't really, and kind of put your guard down for a second, like you can get in a lot of trouble really quickly, Yeah. even with just regular enemies. Uh, the boss battles are long, uh, which are <laughs> so far have been fun. I haven't run into an issue where it hasn't been yet. Yeah. Uh, this game has done a couple things I don't like. Uh, again, I don't want to spoil anything, but there are times when there's clocks running and you have to do things in certain amounts of time. I yeah. never enjoy that. <laughs> uh, it's a thing I, I just feel like is an added stressor, especially when then you defeat the, like when you get the thing done in way enough time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's like yeah. almost like why did you add the stress to me? Because that was you know a little silly in some ways that you even have it there then. But uh, I do have. I I don't know that I'm as fully glowing on this as everyone else's though and really for one main reason and i find it odd because and i like this in a game but this just isn't what i was expecting with this game and maybe this will change for how far i am josh this game is super linear yeah <laughs> yes like, it is yeah very 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 like this reminds me of final fantasy 13 when everyone was like oh this game is bad because it's so linear and it doesn't open up for 40 hours i just think this game is going to be just the linear part and never the open up part i like linear games i don't have an issue with that in general but i just think it's kind of interesting that as what has been something that people have critiqued final fantasy games on in the past um, i haven't seen that be a significant critique on this game I do think potentially, and I could be wrong, like you said, this game looks incredible. I think it'd be very hard to make an open world game that looks this incredible all the time. Yeah. You know, I, I think that might lead a little bit as to why we have so many doors and so many narrow corridors and things like that that we're running down. Like it, when you talk about, oh, I'm checking every nook and cranny, there hmm. aren't that many nooks and crannies to check. I don't know. I think you might be surprised that you might have missed some things. <laughs> I mean, maybe I did. Maybe I missed a whole bunch of stuff. That's very, very possible. Uh, I, you know, my trophies say otherwise, but uh. I may have, I may have missed a significant <laughs> number of things. Uh, I did. There was. I, I'm mm. not going to spoil it. There's a really cool sequence that I didn't get the trophy for that I'm very sad about, but I'm excited to go play the sequence again. So that's fine. Um, Pardon me while the, I check my trophies. <laughs> you got you got the trophy for it though. Uh, uh, it's a pretty low trophy. It's a pretty low trophy pop percent on it. But overall, though, I'm really enjoying this game. Uh, I like the characters. I think the characters are a lot of fun. Most of them, I think, are done well. I think overall, the voice acting is pretty solid. Yes, yeah. there is definitely some quirkiness because of you know Final Fantasy series as a whole tends to be a little quirky. So that is kind of right at home. And like I said, I've only really had one big mini game that I've had access to so far. So I think I'm I think I'm on the cusp of another one right now with where I'm at. And that one that I played was fun, but I, you know, kind of got to what I needed out of it within playing it three or four times. So that was taken care of. But overall, really enjoying Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, I think it definitely, you know, I have no issues about this being not a complete game. It does feel like a complete experience to me at this point. Uh, I'm very interested to see how it wraps up. Uh, I have a feeling I know where we'll end. Um, there definitely are some changes from the main game from what I remember. And I'm one of those people who I, I very, I remember very little about the original game. I just, I just don't remember all that much, but yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I think, like I said, everything, there's a high level of production that went into this game. Uh, everything is very polished. The only thing I think that I see really ever being an issue is lip sync a little bit. I don't know if you have any issue with that at all. I haven't, I actually haven't had any issues with it. Yeah. And it's not that it's 
off or that it's delayed. It's just that it doesn't always look like their lips are moving to say the words that they are saying, if that makes sense. I, I was actually paying attention to that because I thought that we would be getting like the Japanese, um, like the animation for the Japanese, vo- Japanese voices, right. um, but they reanimated it for English. Oh, they and definitely did. It's very impressive. Yeah, overall, very good. That's the only thing I've noticed, though, that I, I feel like every once in a while here it hasn't quite uh, lined up. There have definitely been moments that have made me smile. Uh, definitely things that I have really enjoyed throughout my experience with it. So overall, Final Fantasy VII Remake, high marks, going to continue to play, looking forward to finishing it. It sounds like you are in the same boat about that. Was Biker Boy the achievement? Yes. <laughs> I'm very proud of that one. Um <laughs> yeah, I, I will say one more thing on it, uh, which I think for me is kind of a negative, probably the only negative I have. I'm because I know this is a part one yeah. or whatever, I'm constantly I, I understand there are people that are further than me in gameplay, mm-hmm. but I'm constantly worried about when the game's gonna end. And it, I've been worried about it for hours. Like I'm playing it and I'm like, how much more is there? Like it's in my head. Like I know that I've enjoyed it. Like I'm enjoying the game, right. but I'm I'm just so worried. I don't know when it ends, at what chapter, at what point Do in the you game. Want to know how many chapters? No, I don't. I don't want to know. Oh, okay. Um, but it it worries me. Like I just have this like I I have this worry that I'm gonna have this sense of incompletion at completion. Right. <laughs> does, that make, does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. <sighs> okay, so uh, so has it met or exceeded your expectations, or has it, or is it below? I think it's met my expectations. I don't know. It, in some ways, it has exceeded. In some ways, it has met. Uh, in other ways, it's maybe a little bit behind. But overall, I think it has definitely met my expectations or slightly exceeded my expectations. Because I, I didn't fully know what to expect. We had heard, you know, how much this game was going to encompass and all of that. I think for me, the game is beautiful. It plays really well. The music is stunning. Uh, for me, it's just, you know, it. the environments are really well done. They're just sometimes not really exciting environments. Yeah, It makes sense why you are where you are and why it looks the way it does. It's just not always the most exciting place to be. Does that make sense? Yeah, I get you. Yeah, so I think that's for me kind of the the bummer about it. But again, like I said, it, you know, if you're following kind of a story that's already existed, you obviously could take some liberties for sure. But there's only so many liberties you can take as yeah. far as locations go and things like that. So overall, yeah, for me, I would say met to slightly exceeded. How about you? Uh, it's far exceeded because only because I really didn't pay too much attention to this okay like, uh, when it when it was announced i was more angry that it was a thing <laughs> you know okay. so so it's it's far surpassed my expectations uh it's incredible and yeah for me it has very much added nostalgia as i'm playing which definitely boosts uh, my enjoyment of the game and uh, for the people who played Final Fantasy VII originally and are like hesitant to play this, I mean, you got to jump in. You got to you got to get in on this game because not only are you getting the game so far that you loved, but you're getting way more story that you didn't get in the in the original game. Like right. so much expanded story. So um, I'm really enjoying it a lot. And uh, so so where do you think it's going to go from here? 
to end that topic. What do you mean? Where do I think it will go from here? Or where do you think it's going to go from here? How many how many versions do you think we're going to get a part two and then it's done? We're going to get a part three and four. Do you think they're going to do like the Resident Evil thing and we're going to get more Final Fantasy remakes? What do you think? Where does it go from here? I think it'll be a trilogy to finish the entire game. I think that you know, we as a society like trilogies. It seems the right yeah. amount for things. Typically, we make things trilogies that a shouldn't be, or b or things that should be way more than trilogies. We make trilogies like it's just like what we <laughs> like to do. So that's what I think it'll be. I think it'll be three games. I know that the second game is already in production and has been actually for a while. Uh, I'm interested as to when that's going to come out, though. That's kind of my big thing. Is I I don't know. Is it three years from now? You know, is that where yeah. we think the next one's going to be? <laughs> yeah. What about you? Where do you think it goes from here? Well, you know, I'm I'm trying to look past. I you know, I'm I'm trying to look past this. So, I'm I want I want them to do nine and or ten. I, I they can skip right over eight as far as I'm concerned. But I would love to see Final Fantasy nine or Final Fantasy ten remake. Also, I I you know, I am in for Final Fantasy seven remake. Whenever they get however many they're going to put out, I'm good. The mm-hmm. trilogy sounds good. I'd prefer just a part two, but I I yeah. know that it has to be more than that. <clears throat> um, and I really hope we get like the next part before PS5 launches. I, I don't want it to get buried. And I also don't want to oh, have to choose between that and next-gen games. We're definitely not getting the next I, one before next-gen launches. I know. <laughs> Definitely not. Just not even wishful close. thinking. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, obviously, this is a, a lot bigger than the yeah. Resident Evil remakes. Uh, you know, we, you know, how they can do one seemingly every year now. Right. At least how they're, how they're trending. Um, because the games are only a fraction of the time uh, of this game. Right. But, um, I am, I am so far. I'm very happy with the time they spent on it. So if they have to spend more time, I'm happy with that. And I, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, I don't want to – I have so many <laughs> uh, slogans. I don't want to put the cart before the horse. But right. I would love to see them move on after this is done to more Final Fantasy remakes. But that's the selfish person that I am that I don't enjoy the new ones. And okay. th- this is really – doing it for me so i would like to see my favorites like 9 and 10 and even 11 get a remake yeah this has actually made me really want to go back and play 10 uh, i love 10 (laughs) yeah i only played a little bit of 10 and this makes me want to go play 10 and 10 too again so here's my question for you do you think we get what comes what is released first not announced but released first final fantasy 7 remake part 2 or whatever they're going to call it yeah or the next final fantasy final fantasy 16 what is released next my guess is they probably have are they already done with the next final fantasy sequel or not sequel uh <laughs> 16 uh, i'm gonna guess that that's next um because they probably were they probably have two different teams working on these games right so they're probably working on it like concurrently so that would be my guess we get 16 and then we get part two and then we get 16 2 and then we get part <laughs> three <laughs> so um yeah i bet we see a new final fantasy just because it's been uh what a ye- two years since 15 came out 17 2017 wasn't it yeah oh or was geez. it 2018 yeah it's two or three years then yeah so yeah we definitely have the next final fantasy coming out first yeah 
But you're not excited for that. No, I mean, those games kind of have gone in the opposite direction of what I know Final Fantasy to be. I think right. this is bringing, this might bring me back into what they're trying to do with the new ones because the, right. the combat is similar. Yep. Um, maybe this is their bridge for me because the, st- be. the story gets me in. And then uh, the combat, now I'm a little bit more familiar with. So maybe I can try playing 15 again. (laughs) All right. So my first topic is switching gears pretty substantially and potentially some sad news. We'll see what happens. So Josh, is Kaman actually in trouble? So dear listener, you've probably heard us talk about, well, you've definitely heard us talk about Kaman, Simon, Kumani or not, however you want to refer to them. Uh, But they're a publicly traded company in Hong Kong. And until recently, well, that is true, until recently when they had to put trading on hold due to a quote-unquote going concern with their financial audit. Uh, The release of their annual report has been delayed, presumably to address the concerns brought up in the audit. So this original story comes from ICV2, and it talks just about their, it says, quote, trading in the stock of game publisher Kaman Limited on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange was suspended on April 1st. After the company warned of audit issues and said it would delay release of its annual report for 2019, end quote. So it goes into a whole bunch of information here. Talks about, you know, there's three big issues that they, you know, had come up with. Uh, But the third one seems to be the most important one. Uh, And the story continues by Milton Gripe again on ICV2. It says, quote, the third audit issue was the most concerning for investors and other stakeholders. Other information as required by the auditors for their audit procedures on certain audit issues, including going concern. A quote-unquote going concern opinion is given by the auditors when it's believed that the company might have a change in valuation of its assets because there's a risk it would no longer be a going concern. Whether a going concern opinion is included in an audit report is obviously a major step, and a company would typically try to provide as much information to the auditors as possible to persuade them not to include it. Uh, Kaman has responded, uh, basically coming out and saying, quote, Going concern is a highly technical accounting term referring to a situation where net current liabilities are greater than net current assets. That just sounds bad to me. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) This happens for Kaman from time to time since we record funds received from Kickstarter as both a liability and an asset. The money is an asset we receive from our backers, but it's also a liability we owe to them that is not fulfilled until we ship our products. Since we use the funds to pay for molds, production, and development of those products, and some of these are considered, quote, non-current assets, the asset column goes down as we use the money to fulfill the development of the game. Once we ship the game, the project goes back into the black because we can take the liability for the Kickstarter funds off the books. So that's a whole bunch of technical mumbo jumbo uh, and accounting, business accounting stuff that I don't really know uh, exactly what all of it means. But there was one. I'm going to see if I can find this really quick while I ask you a quick question. Hmm. Hearing all this, Josh, we've talked a lot about how it seems like Kaman has been in trouble from a business perspective for a couple of years at this point. Yeah. Uh, what do you think hearing all this? Is this something that you're concerned about? They have a Kickstarter launching. I mean, by the time this Kickstarter is live, their next Kickstarter will be li- – or by the time this podcast is live, their next Kickstarter will be launched. So what do you think? <clears throat> That's for Ankh, right? Indeed. Yeah. Um. Well – I didn't really know what to make of this, but one of the things I read was they paid two million, two plus million dollars for a company on professional advisors, and that yes. that far 
surpasses their Kickstarter goals for any of their last projects. Uh, so right. when they say that this money is held up in in Kickstarter and then it, it's you know it's it's opened up and they go in the black, wh- what does that mean? They go in the black from what? They go in the black from zero. So a dollar makes them go in the black. So I don't, I don't, I mean, it is a lot of legal jargon. So obviously uh, most of it (laughs) goes over my head. Uh, The problem is it made news, right? That's what the problem is. If, if it wasn't a big deal, it wouldn't make news. We're not in slow news weeks. Clearly Uh, we're not like dealing with, um, things of this nature uh, commonly. So this is something to take note of regardless right. of the outcome. Um, yeah. And I think if we look at how Simon has been handling their Kickstarters in the past six months, there's like, if you were a detective, this is like case solved. <laughs> like you have the glove, you have the bloody fingerprints. Like they, they haven't been handling even how, uh, how Kickstarters run well, and and they've had controversial um, uh, Kickstarters, and uh, you know, I, I love Eric Lang. I actually really am interested in Ankh, but I know I can't afford it right. because I want to back it at base level, and I know it's going to increase by three hundred dollars by the time the <laughs> Kickstarter's over. Um, and my personal opinion on that aside, like. You can only expect consumers to support that for so long, and maybe they're just at the point where they're not getting that consumer report or uh, report backing, or maybe the projects are finally their budget is uh, superseding their Kickstarter goal, and right. then they go like if you're sitting in Simon, they go, well, like Gloomhaven, right, or Frostaven, like let's put a goal of five hundred thousand. Knowing we'll get a million and it will cost us 1.2 to make the game, but we'll get it back because we'll get a 2 million on the Kickstarter. If you don't hit that, like if you're trying to keep your goal low so people will back you, that could be a problem as well. And obviously that's all conjecture and, and just my like thoughts on like where they might be thinking. But um, they're, uh, the way they've been handling themselves on Kickstarter early, like, makes me suspicious about where they're at and and um yeah i i don't know because with their deal with asmodee it's really weird right and i don't understand why they would ever have a deal with asmodee based on the reputation they hold for themselves they should they shouldn't even be talking to asmodee so that makes me think that they might be in trouble also right yeah, and like I said, it was actually interesting. I was reading um, Reddit about this, and you know, Reddit neither here nor there. Uh, take it with a grain of salt. Everything there, and I, I can't find the exact post, but basically, someone had said that you know, in and of itself, this is not necessarily super concerning because basically, what they said is, you know, if you were come on and you get ten dollars, right? Say you get ten dollars from someone, and then you need to take five of those dollars to make a mold. Like as a company, that five dollars. Uh, that you made as a mold now is money you've spent, but it goes into different a different category as far as your accounting goes because it's an appreciable good that's going to have value that's going to depreciate over time. So now when you look at your budget, you receive $10, but you still only have $5. Yeah. Like you have 10, you know, technically, but you really can only report that you have five because you spent the five on something else already. So 
And that $5 thing that you spend the money on is going to produce the good that you're going to send back to the person. Yeah. So you're still like washing basically, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you're going to have actually you're going to come out $5 ahead because you still have their other $5. But it just it's just funny when it looks from an accounting perspective, right? Because it's a, now a depreciable good rather than as being, you know, revenue that you have and a whole bunch of things that start going over my head after that point. But <laughs> it is very interesting. Like, I, I you don't see board game companies having to come out and discuss this very often. And I think the fact that they have to discuss it probably is not ideal. That doesn't mean I think necessarily they're going away anytime soon. But I do think it is something that is a little bit worrisome. And also very. I'll be very interested to see what that means for their next Kickstarter with Ankh, you know, opening here. I think the day we release this podcast or the day before we release this podcast, uh, it'll be. I'll be very interested to see if there's an impact there. My guess is for the most people, no, because I don't know how many people have read this story or know about this story. Uh, Kaban's response is on their website, you know, so it's not like they're hiding that response. It's not something they only sent to a few people. Yeah. But it's interesting. I think if business was going as good as it could be, this wouldn't be a thing that we'd be talking about. Uh, but I also don't think it's necessarily doom and gloom for Kaman, but I do think that maybe they have to be or they feel they probably have to be a little more careful moving forward about, especially in, you know, the environment of, of purchasing right now, uh, of how they're spending their money and their revenue and all that good stuff. So, yeah, I just thought it was interesting. We don't get to talk about <clears throat> board game finance stuff all that often. No, we shouldn't have to either. <laughs> <laughs> all right, sir. What is your second topic? <clears throat> okay. Well, uh, it's, it's board gaming and it's financial uh, ish. Uh, so how familiar are you with counterfeiting in board games? Uh, I'm a little familiar with it. I know that it actually was a pretty, I don't know if it still is. It was a kind of common problem on Amazon. That, yeah, it still is. Okay, yeah, that I knew that there was a problem there because obviously some products are quote unquote sold by Amazon, but some are sold by third parties and that it was not, I wouldn't say it was common, but it was not at least uncommon uh, to get knockoff games when you'd order from other suppliers on Amazon. Okay, so I'm going to read, so, well, actually, uh, yeah, I'm going to read uh, a statement from Calliope Games. This is via Dice Tower News. Um, I'm just, I'll, I'll just read, quote, uh, their article uh, by Michael Corson. Uh, so Calliope Games, publisher of games such as Roll For It and Suro, uh, in Suro of the Seas, announced earlier this month that it will be taking greater control over its distribution channels in order to pro uh, protect the intellectual property in its game titles against counterfeiting, the immediate changes will be in the United States and Canada, where the majority of Calliope's business is. Going forward, uh, they'll be using Alliance Game Distributors and ACD Distributors in the U.S. and Universal Games Distributors in Canada. Uh, they're also going to sell directly to retailers um, for those who prefer direct relationship. Uh, so... Essentially, they say at the bottom, counterfeit board games has been a hot button issue for some time within the board game industry. Um, and they're, uh, Calliope's decision to tighten, uh, the distribution of its product in order to combat it is a bold one. Um, and it will be interesting to see how effective of move it will be and whether others in the industry will adopt similar tactics. So to that end, I will say, uh, Asmodee kind of got hit is getting hit real hard on on Amazon, um, and actually I would say Seven Wonders and Repost Games is getting hitting getting hit the most from what I see, mm -hmm. and it seems to be coming from um, uh, 
Um, from the Far East, uh, as far as production, they're literally changing nothing uh, as far as like the box. It, right. Some, sometimes it appears to be, you can tell it's like a, a printer, uh, like a, uh, what's the word I want to use? Um, it's not like, it's an imperfection, right? There's like imperfections right. on the box, but very, very subtle. And then you will get cards in your game that aren't cut accurately. So maybe if you're playing Seven Wonders, uh, the top part of the card is cut a little short. And and usually if you buy a game and you get a card like that, you might not think anything of it. Right. Because mistakes happen in factories all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the problem is these... The product is not getting, um, not the product, the product is not being sent from the distributor that they're meant to be purchased from. So uh, Repost Games is not getting the profit from that. And you might contact Repost, right? And say, hey, I bought your game on Amazon and uh, this gold card is is missing the edge. And then they're going to flag that. Like, well, these are the problems our printers have and that's not one of them. Where did you buy it from? And and you can go down to Walmart. Walmart's one of the companies, even Target now, Best Buy, and Amazon. Any place that offers third-party sales, uh, you run the risk of buying a uh, counterfeit game, uh, even counterfeit product in general. But um, my my suggestion would be whenever you're buying online, you always check to see where that product is coming from. And if you use Amazon, like if you have Amazon Prime, it's pretty easy because They'll only offer prime shipping on Amazon um, uh, reviewed products or companies. So you can't mm-hmm. just buy it from anyone. Or if, like right now in the middle of a pandemic, I was trying to buy uh, <laughs> potting soil for a garden. And you couldn't. I couldn't find any on Amazon. I was like, oh, everyone is clearly planting, right? Because they're right. stuck at home. So I finally found soil. It was like 14 bucks and it was $45 shipping. Yep. So that's how you know people you shouldn't buy from. <laughs> uh, so just be aware of what you're buying from. Um, I I meant to, I wanted to ask you: Have you been affected by counterfeiting at all? Have you ever bought or suspected you bought a counterfeited game? As far as I know, I've never bought a counterfeit game. I've never been in a situation where I have suspected I've bought a counterfeit game. So either I've been lucky, but also like when I buy board games from Amazon. I pretty much only buy board games that are sold by Amazon. I don't usually buy them from third-party distributors on Amazon. Uh, It is interesting, though, because (laughs) not that this happens, and I know that, you know, in board games this becomes an issue, but, you know, when you talk about, oh, cards being slightly off or miscut and things like that, it's funny because there's, like, a whole – in Magic the Gathering, there's a whole community of people (laughs) who, like, try to get, like, miscut, misprint cards. Yeah. And, like, you could buy them, and sometimes they're far more expensive than the actual cards are. You know, sometimes they're not, but some of them are, you know, far more expensive. There's someone who had, like, a whole, like, double-printed – one of their um, packs they bought. The entire thing was, like, double-printed, and someone bought it for – a significant amount of money. Um, you know, so it's just very, very interesting that, you know, in one place is people trying to make cheap knockoffs of something to make a profit. And then in other places, it's an actual printing error for a real thing. And people are willing to pay more money for it yeah. than if it had been produced correctly. <laughs> uh, but no, this is something I've never, I've been fortunate that I haven't run into. I know I have a, I have an acquaintance who actually ordered 
um, a board game off of Amazon and got a counterfeit. And it was actually, I can't remember what game it was, but I was actually really impressed because they said they contacted the company who, who was um, the, the, uh, the, the game company. I don't, it wasn't Calliope, but whoever it was that had um, produced the game and they sent them a copy of the, uh, an actual copy of the game. Nice. That's good. Which, which is good, but also 100% should not be their responsibility, right? Correct. Like if you think about that, like someone just paid someone else a whole bunch of money for a game and now you are sending that person a game at no cost to, at, that you're making zero money on. Yeah. You know, and I understand that, yeah, that's quote unquote good customer service and that's what you should do. And I do agree that ideally that is what you should do. But when you think about how thin the margins are for board, most board game companies and how few games they produce a year, like that one game is a big deal, you know, that every single one of those games they send out is a big deal. And, you know, that person, especially if their catalog is small, especially if they have five games in their catalog, what are the chances that person is going to buy any other game in your catalog? That's true. That's true. But if you do them a solid, maybe they're more uh, looking to buy more games from you as a company as well. Absolutely. And like I said, I think that's the good thing to do. I just don't know that all board game companies can afford to do it. Mm. Uh, It is interesting. I'll be very interested to see how this goes for Calliope. Um, You know, I wish them the best of luck because it stinks that this is even the thing that they have to worry about, you know? Yeah. Yep. Have you ever had a counterfeit game? You know, I haven't to my knowledge, but I also don't know that I would know and that I don't know that it would bother me, which makes that a problem. Right. (laughs) Because like there's been plenty of games that I've I've got that have had like imperfections, like, mm-hmm. and you kind of just know that that can happen. Um, and until I, I don't think until until recently, maybe like the past year, I haven't even thought to look into if it was counterfeit or not. Right. Yeah. So, no, I hear there. All right. So my next topic, I'm kind of changing up. It's going to be a whole bunch of stuff just thrown in a pot together. Yeah. So number one, uh, last week PlayStation. Uh, revealed the DualSense, their controller for the PlayStation 5, yeah. on a day that seemed totally random until you realized that there was an Xbox, pre- like one of their video <laughs> presentations that happened like an hour later. Uh, did you watch that Xbox presentation? I did, actually. Yes, I did. Uh, the inside Xbox. Uh, was there anything that was important on it? Anything that you want to share that I should know about? Because <laughs> I didn't oh, watch it. Um, I don't know that anything was... Um... I can't even think of what they call it. Xbox inside 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 Xbox. yeah inside Xbox. Yep. Um, they showed some new Game Pass games. Okay. Uh, which they added Journey to the Savage Planet. Okay. Uh, I will say this: they showed so they showed Grounded, which is the new. Was it Bethesda? No, it's the no. new Obsidian. Obsidian. Uh, yep. where you, it's basically Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yep. Uh, but it's an RPG. Uh, the thing that really blew me away, something that I was really impressed by, was Gears Tactics. Um, and and you, you really got to be a tactics person for this. Right. Uh, but it looks incredible. They talked about how, my, how much they added into the game to appeal to non-tactics uh, game players. Right. But it still is just for PC now. It right. is coming to Xbox later. Um, there's some Sea of Thieves content, which I am just couldn't, I couldn't care less about anymore. (laughs) Uh, uh, but yeah, they, uh, Journey to Savage Planet, they, which is a game that is on 
um, the streaming platform, like if you do um, uh, cloud streaming, you've already mm-hmm. had access to. Um, but they're adding it to they added it to um, Game Pass, which I think is a game that is like basically like a comedic version of No Man's Sky. Yeah, that's so, kind of <laughs> you know. I but I will say this: they did a great job. It was very uh, quick, concise. It was forty five minutes, but there wasn't. It wasn't like their typical. It was like an usually it's like two two hours, yeah, or two and a half really hours long. for them. Yeah. Um, and obviously it's because they're all recording from home and they don't have a choice, but, uh, uh, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad at all. It was continuous content, content, content. But for me, some, an, an X bot who is we- growing weary of Xbox, um, you know, it didn't, it wasn't crazy great news. It was just, uh, something to, to give us right. something. Uh, so yeah, so <laughs> yeah, you know, so PlayStation obviously, like I said, reveals their controller. Xbox does that. There's a whole bunch of rumors out there about you know big game announcements coming from Xbox. You know, this coming week. So by the time you hear this, you know the rumors have been everything from just some updates on some games to we're going to see the return of Fable, Perfect Dark, and some other things. You know, all announced. Uh, there's the rumor that Microsoft is going to buy Sega. I mean, there's a whole bunch of things going on right now. All of this, though, is kind of barreling down towards next-gen consoles. Yep. Both companies in the last week have reconfirmed holiday 2020. Yeah. Right? Josh, right now, what is your excitement level for next-gen consoles? And what is it going to take? Or, like, what is what is the next thing you want to see? Do you want them to keep talking about stuff? Are you like, you know what? Don't say anything until you can show me X. Like, where are you at with this whole thing and and kind of what do you want to see? Where do you want to see things go from here? All right. Uh, so if we're talking next steps, right, what I want to see from Xbox is games and gameplay. And what uh, I want to see from PlayStation is <laughs> the freaking console. <laughs> uh, they gave us a controller. Yep. Great, great, great step forward. Do you think the console is going to be two toned? <laughs> well, I can. I think it will be at least white. <laughs> uh, uh, I saw a mock up of what it could look like with the the white and black. Mm-hmm. It's still sporting like a V shape, but standing um, vertical. Right. Um, I don't want to put any anything into any prototype because people are just making up what they want and you're only setting yourself up to be disappointed with the console. So right. I don't I don't care honestly what all these mock-ups look like. Just show me the console. We already even have like an idea of PS5 games. We don't have that with Xbox. Right. Like we know what's coming, but a cinematic trailer doesn't give me anything. And right. that's always been my problem with like events where you reveal a game. No, duh. A new Halo's coming out. Shocking. <laughs> oh, and it's a cinematic trailer showing nothing. Okay. That did nothing for me. Right. So when we see, like, I think it's Godfall, the PlayStation 5 one, mm-hmm. it was at the Game Awards, at least it says, like, running on PS5. Cool. I know that now. Right. I, this is a game I didn't know about. So right. you're winning. You're beating <laughs> Xbox already because Halo Infinite, who the heck cares? Did, <laughs> well, I think a lot of people would say they care about Halo, the next I, Halo. No, I mean, I love Halo. I really do. But that's not 
selling consoles. If you have an Xbox, you're playing Halo, but right. you're not enticed to buy an Xbox for Halo because you would have an Xbox already. Right. So why am I buying a Series X? And my biggest worry with this new console generation for Xboxes, they went out already and said there won't be X Series X exclusives for two years, and that's insane to me. Right. So why wouldn't I buy a PS5? Right. Like, why wouldn't I do that? (laughs) All right. So here here are the questions then. What percent chance do you think by the time this podcast, or I shouldn't say by the time this podcast posts, (laughs) but in this coming week slash the week this podcast posts, what percent chance is it that we get major game announcements from Xbox, including the possibility of, you know, the next Forza, Fable, Perfect Dark, all those rumors that are out there. What chance do you think that happens sometime this week? Well, until today, I didn't even know that it was even a possibility. So I'm mm-hmm. just going to put it at a solid 5%. <laughs> okay. What chance do you think it is? And maybe that's not revealed now, but what percent chance do you think it is that Microsoft has acquired Sega? Who they have talked about acquiring in the past? 80%. <laughs> okay. So you do think that Microsoft is going to pick up Sega? Yeah. I mean, it seems it's one of the things we, we when we talked about this in the past, like who Sega should acquire. I don't. I don't know that you either of us thought about this. No, sorry, Microsoft. <laughs> I don't know that either of us thought about Sega. Um, right. But we, Kyle and I, spoilers, talked about this before we started recording. Yeah. I think it just kind of makes sense. Uh, they've worked with Sega so much in the past a uh, couple yeah. of years. Um, Sega needs to kind of just let someone else take the lead, so they can. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do whatever they want to do. Um, but we saw them do this with their console, and then they started giving their their IPs to other competitors. So right. it only makes sense for them to to cash out if they can, you know. Yeah. Um, and do whatever they want to do next. But Microsoft would be a good fit. Honestly, Sony would be a good fit too. So I think it just it's just a matter of uh, who's making the deals with who. Yeah, I you know. And we talked, like you said, we did talk about this a little bit before. I, as someone who never grew up with owning a Sega console, I have basically zero nostalgia for Sega as a, <laughs> as a company and and their franchises. So when I, when we you know we're looking at all the franchises they have, I'm like, oh yeah, I recognize these names, but this does basically zero for me. Yeah. You know, and this would even be if it was a PlayStation acquisition. I mean, cool, I guess, but I that's not something that I'm getting all hyped and psyched over, like. Altered Beast, I guess. Yay! Crazy you Taxi. Know, like, I, <laughs> like, yeah, Crazy Taxi's cool. Like, that's Fighting fun, Vipers. You know? Joe Montana I, football. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. I think it would be interesting if that happened. I do think that would be... I, I'm not trying to minimize. I think that would be a huge move. I just don't know for me personally. And like I said, this was even if it was a PlayStation acquisition. Personally, you know, those those IP just don't do anything for me because I have no history with them. They might be great. They might be amazing. I just don't know. So. I think the name gives it more credit than maybe what the move would be. Like you, yeah. you see Sega and people go, oh, wow, without really like investigating, do they need another Toji Mineral? Sonic and Master Chief at the Olympics. Here we go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Josh, what is your third topic? Okay, so uh, <laughs> we talked about this a little while ago. Uh, Plat Hat Games, technically their first game as an independent company, although it was developed under the umbrella of Asmodee, uh, Forgotten Waters, uh, which just uh, showed up at people's doorsteps in the past three or four days 
with handwritten notes. <laughs> handwritten notes by the owner of Plat Hat Games who shipped awesome. them from his house. Nice work, Colby. Uh, which must have cost him a fortune. So Forgotten Waters is now number one on the Board Game Geek hotness list, which I think is insane. And I don't know that we've ever seen a game that has shipped become the number one on the hotness, at least that I can think of. Usually it's a game people are excited to get. Right. Not a game that people already have. And maybe Wingspan might be the exception to that. I'm yeah, pl- it is interesting. For sure, because, yeah. you you know, like right now, you know, Forgotten Waters, like you said, number one, Ankh, Gods of Egypt, number two, which is, like we said, you know, the next Kickstarter that's going to be launching, you know, when this podcast airs. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it is it is a bit unusual. And I would imagine the, that pitily $7 million Kickstarter of Frosthaven must be number three. Uh, actually, Gloomhaven is number three, but I think probably because <laughs> so of Frosthaven. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. So, I, I, yeah. So, I put, like, basically, yeah, I have... Some serious FOMO on Forgotten Waters. I really wish I had one more person in my house that I could play this game with because it is three to five players. <laughs> so, right. Uh, that is a big bummer for me. But the reason why I bring this up as a topic while I am, and I assume we are excited for Plat Hat Games, especially with their new Crossroads game. Um, and maybe we should both get it and just try playing it over Skype. Uh, yeah. uh, I wanted to ask you, what is the last game that you've had serious FOMO for? Um, and and what do you think about Forgotten Waters' current success? Well, I'm really excited for Plaid Hat and for Colby and, and all the folks who worked on that. Because, yeah, after going independent from Asthma Day, they, they had to give up a lot, you know, to get back to that independent state. <coughs> Excuse me. So that's awesome that the game is doing so well that people are excited about the game i have some fomo for this game for sure because like you said you know the whole three-player situation is the big reason i didn't pre-order it but then seeing you know jamie stegmeyer talk about how he's playing it with the two-player variant yeah like, oh, <laughs> oh man had i known um so that's interesting but i think really so yeah, a very excited for Plaid Hat. Really glad that this game is this game is getting a lot of attention. That people seem to be really into it. That's great for me. I think the big FOMO thing definitely is you know a game we just talked about a second ago, Gloomhaven. Yeah, game I've never purchased. Game I've seen. Game that is definitely you know now number one and has been for a while as far as the quote unquote best games on Board Game Geek. Uh, you know, I I still think about it most days since the Frosthaven <laughs> Kickstarter is going on right now, which by the way, I think it's really interesting that Frosthaven has a ranking already on board game geek because yeah. the game doesn't come out until 2021, <laughs> but that's cool. Um, again, another yeah. problem with user <laughs> problem reviews, with <laughs> yeah. but yeah, so I'm excited for them. I hope it goes well. I hope it continues to go well. I hope this is just the start of success. Plaid hat has moving forward mm. and yeah, Gloomhaven. I really got to make a decision what I'm going to do there. It's a lot of money still. Even just getting Frosthaven would be a lot of money. I know you had pointed out to me that they are looking at potentially adding one more tier uh, to back at, which would get you like Gloomhaven and some other stuff at, in addition to Frosthaven at a bit of a discount. So I'm going to keep an eye out for that. But yeah, that for me, it was probably the last big board game I had FOMO about. How about you? Well, I don't know if you're following the Horizon Zero Dawn Um but I've seen they, a lot of the social media stuff. They posted yeah. a picture. uh with all of the content for the game being taller than their associate. Yeah. 
Uh, and it really made me feel sad that I've never backed a game uh, that is that big, period. I know it's by Monolith, right? So they do Batman, um, um, Gotham City also. Right. Yep. But yeah, I mean, if there was one game that I would have like serious FOMO about, it would be a board game based on my favorite <laughs> video game of all time. Right, right. And that would be Horizon Zero Dawn. So um, my second to that would be uh, the Pacific Rim uh, Kickstarter, which I was backing. And then they did the, you know, that old trick where they drop a $300, sorry, I just killed the book, a $300 expansion to get the whole thing. So um, that's another game I really wish I could have. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I definitely have fun with for those things. And I'm really, I'm really psyched for Forgotten Waters. I actually didn't know there was a two player variant. So I might just buy it tomorrow, to be honest with you. Oh, there you go. All right. <laughs> Um, because, uh, everyone I've, my Instagram and my Facebook is full of people tell, saying how much they're enjoying the narrative and the app for the game. So it's really making me want to play it. So, so if there's a two player variant and it works with the app, which I'll have to Google, um, I think that'd be great. If not, yeah, I mean, maybe I'll, <laughs> maybe we'll have to work something out where we can get a, <laughs> a, a virtual, uh, game going because it's definitely um uh making me want to buy it yeah i think the app does work with the two-player variant because i know jamie had mentioned he was using it so he was okay yep so awesome all right so my final story josh is about uh this really small game it's kind of up and comer no one's really heard of uh Kind of, kind of Counter Strike. Uh, Riot's new game Valorant is smashing records on Twitch while in closed beta. Uh, But the big question is: Are we cool with how they're doing it? So Valorant hit a peak of 1.7 million viewers, and the way that that happened is Riot is letting some big name streamers and some streamers on Mixer too. Uh, get into the beta early. So right now, really, or when it first launched, the only people who were in the closed beta, for the most part, were streamers, some press. That was it. So if you were the average Joe, how did you get a beta key? Well, you had to watch a stream and be lucky enough to be randomly selected to get a beta key drop during that stream. So Josh, this obviously, like I said, Valorant was going to be a popular game anyway. People were really excited about it. If you're not familiar, listener, Valorant is kind of a Riot's take on CSGO with a little flavor of Overwatch thrown in. I would say from watching people play, it's like 90% CSGO, though. Um, There's definitely some, you know, you have alts and some powers, and there are heroes, if you would, that are similar to Overwatch. But this is like time to kill is very short. A headshot kills you no matter what gun is being used. Uh, And if it's not a headshot, it's like two or three hits and you're done. Um, so a very slow paced game, very much peaking corners, really, really inspired by CSGO. So Josh, you know, Riot obviously wanted to make a splash. So they did this thing where they worked with all these streamers, get this huge number of viewers on Twitch, but is that like cool? Like, is that okay with the way that they generated the publicity? Uh, cause I know I've heard, I've talked to people and heard of people who created like 10, 15, 20 different accounts for Twitch so they could stream all of those simultaneously to try to get a beta key. So that 1.7 million, I mean, yeah, they had those many streams going on, but it's not like 1.7 million unique people were watching this. Right. 
So is this cool? Are we okay? Is this a brilliant marketing move? Is this good business? Both? What are, what are we thinking? I mean, is it a genius marketing move? Yes. Are, are you telling me I have to watch Dr. Disrespect, a grown man having temper tantrums like a two-year-old for two hours to try to get a key? That's not cool with me. And <laughs> uh, and uh, I don't like that aspect of it. Um, in fact, <laughs> well, I'll leave that aside. Uh, yeah, so... <laughs> I I don't like that they that they did that, but that's that's a genius marketing move, right? So, what you know, if you have that at your disposal, sure, I can't blame them for doing it, but uh, they didn't get me because I have no interest in doing that. I got other games I can play, including Overwatch, uh, that I would rather play. In fact, <laughs> even this article says. This game only runs at like 30 frames per second on most things anyway, so I'm basically well, watching a pixelated shooter. <laughs> that's actually only on old rings on yeah, new but they rings. Let, they let you play on on those. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's just frustrating. I've seen some gameplay. It's very... It's, is blocky a good word? Yeah, that'd be appropriate. Okay. It's just, I don't know, it seems like a subpar shooter to me so i guess i'm just not interested <laughs> yeah i mean it definitely as someone who does not play csgo i don't play csgo at all i've watched csgo esports events and i think part of it is interesting but it just from a stylistic it's just not this type of game i'm interested in it just is so slow moving it really is about peeking corners perfectly knowing having your mouse your cursor placement perfect so that when someone else peeks, it's just one clock, one click headshots done. And it's just so slow. And it's just not my thing. You know, great for people who like it. I'm not saying it's a bad game. It's just not my thing. Um, basically, what Riot has said, though, about Valorant is they're building it around a resilient infrastructure with, quote, 128 tick servers at least 30 frames per second on most min-spec computers, even dating back a decade, 60 to 144 frames per second on modern gaming rigs, a global spread of data centers aimed at less than 35 millisecond for players in major cities around the world, and a netcode we've been assessing over for years, and a commitment to anti-cheat from day one. So, I mean, they're trying really hard. You know, Riot definitely trying to make a big splash here in a gaming space that has been dominated by CSGO. They're really CSGO right now had really has no competitor um, in that area. It's good to see them having success. Maybe that means Valve will actually do something with CSGO. I doubt it, but who knows? Because <laughs> uh, I don't think Valve really cares about anything ever. They just do whatever they want to. Uh, but I, I kind of like, I get why Riot did this way as far as, you know, generating viewers. But I also think it's, you know, not an accurate representation of, how many people were watching the game? Now, that being said, it was still a whole lot of people. I just checked right now. There's over 750,000 viewers um, on Valorant. I think Summit has over 200,000 viewers on its own right now. Yeah. So it is pretty funny, though I will say I felt kind of bad because people were taking shots at Shroud because he only streams on Mixer, obviously, now. Yeah. And, like, you know, Summit and stuff have been over 200,000 people regularly. And I think Shroud has topped out at 14,000, I think, on Mixer. Sure, but Which he's is probably like, made 10 times what? Yeah, <laughs> and it, the well, that's the big thing. Yeah, I mean, he's making <laughs> so much money, but, you know, who and who knows how much, if anything, but how much. I mean, I got to assume Valorant is, or Riot is paying all these streamers to stream. Dude, I'd feel so much less pressure if there's only 14,000 people watching me over than 200,000. Like, right. cool. <laughs> yeah. No, the thing that's interesting, though, is that, you know, uh, other streamers, like, who are typically not, have not been, or 
not i guess i'll say people who weren't valorant streamers but i guess no one was <laughs> but um folks like seagull and things like that are pulling twenty thousand thirty thousand forty thousand which yeah. is for them huge you know so i do wonder if someone like shroud was still on twitch how many streamers he would be sure. pulling yeah you know so that's more of what it is yeah i'm i, I think shroud is probably living very very comfortably it was interesting <laughs> though because harblue who is a overwatch streamer he has no desire to play valorant uh just not his style of game he was talking about not that long ago how he got a contract offer from mixer uh and it was like five hundred thousand dollars and like do you even know who harblue is nope that's exactly a good deal. like if you're if you're if you're <laughs> if you're an overwatch streamer you know he i think has like three thousand or four thousand like three thousand subs is where he's at but like no you know so you gotta imagine like he has three thousand subs and he was offered five hundred thousand dollars <laughs> right so you gotta imagine like what someone like shroud is making oh my God. you know so anyway that, that I was is born a little bit 10 of years news. too early, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> 20 so, years too early, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so that's what we're, that's it for our topics. Let's move on to our questions. We do have some questions from the audience and from you wonderful listeners. Josh, why don't you take us through? Okay, cool. We got our first uh, questions are from Paul Calico at pcalico84. He says, do y'all feel like the voice acting in Final Fantasy VII Remake is kind of flat? Uh, when I played the demo, uh, to me, felt like it fell flat on deliver, or is it just me? Paul, it is just you. I think the voice acting in this game is phenomenal, at least in my opinion. Um, there's definitely some things like the NPCs that are a little, you can tell, less produced, but I think for the main cast, I think the voice acting is phenomenal. Kyle. Well, and I think that, you know, especially at the beginning of the game, I didn't play the demo, but I believe the demo started right at the beginning. Is that okay. correct? I have no idea. I didn't play okay. the demo either. <laughs> but if you think about the very beginning of the game, like Cloud as a character is pretty flat at the beginning of the game. Yeah, he's an awkward kid. You or, know, so, yeah, yeah, so it would make sense if that is all you had played, that he would seem that way, because he kind of is that way, but it's that's just what his character is at that time, and it definitely changes and progresses as the game goes on. Uh, so I think it's good. I think it has some quirkiness to it on occasion, but overall, I think the voice acting is very solid uh, in remake for sure. Cool. There you go, Paul. Uh, Schplake at Delicious uh, Fresh after surgery says now he's not on Quaaludes or whatever. Uh, I've been on the fence. Is it worth it? Final Fantasy VII is my third favorite Final Fantasy, which is a very controversial statement. <laughs> but I actually agree with him. I saw... His rebuttal, and well, for the most part, I think Final Fantasy Tactics, I agree with him. Um, yes, Spike, it is worth it. Uh, 189%, it is worth it. <laughs> All right, 189%. Yeah, I think it's worth it. I think it's definitely, you know, that whole it's always hard to talk about, you know, when a game costs X amount of time, money and you pay spend X amount of time in it, you know, is it just as simple as dollars to time? And I don't think it is, but. If that is something that's important to you, then yes, there's plenty of game here. Uh, if you want to, I think, especially with the combat in this game, once you have played the game through once, I know it unlocks quote unquote hard mode, if you would. And I think that going back through this game in hard mode, once you have a really good grasp on the combat, I think would probably be really fun and really engaging and very challenging. Uh, so I think there's easily enough value here. Uh, I think it's definitely worth it. And if it's your third favorite Final Fantasy game, then I, you know, yes, I think you'll still really enjoy what they're doing here for sure. Absolutely. Okay. Next, Donnie, uh, boss man at Play Nintendo. He asks, why does Kyle think Xbox fans are hypocrites? 
And then he asks, and how many, and how amazing does a new fable sound? So I'll let you get it, Donnie. Get him. So I don't think that quote unquote Xbox fans are hypocrites as a whole. But I did make a comment in the Discord because, you know, I thought, you know, hot, ta- piffy hot takes were what we're doing these days uh-huh. for console wars. Is that there were some polls going around, if you may remember, recently about whether people preferred offset sticks or symmetrical sticks, right? I can't say that I saw that. Okay, so that's kind of where this all <laughs> came from. But there was these polls going around. And then I simply bit so... Long story short, people were talking about how they prefer how basically offset sticks were the best. And if you like anything else, you're wrong. And I said, you know, Xbox fans, gaming should be for everyone. Game how you want to, game where you want to, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Anyone makes a comment about I like symmetrical sticks, Xbox fans, you're wrong, you're horrible, you should never game that way, et cetera, et cetera. That's all I said. That was what I pointed out that That's I thought it? that was humorous. <laughs> that that com I just thought that was funny. How do but, you feel about the PlayStation uh, Sense, whatever, looking just like an Xbox controller? It doesn't look just like an Xbox controller. <laughs> I'm, that's the internet. I'm talking through. Oh, internet. okay. That, that <laughs> I thought was the weirdest thing because it doesn't look just Every, like one. Everyone all over the internet for some reason says it looks, it looks just like an Xbox controller. I'm like, it looks nothing like an Xbox controller. Right. It looks like the Switch controller. <laughs> it does look more similar to a Switch controller yeah. for sure absolutely but yeah that's what i i know i saw that too and i was like what are you talking about people like it doesn't at all but anyway so that's all i said (laughs) is just that you know i think it's interesting that you know xbox people game how you want to unless it's symmetrical sticks then no nobody wants that here's the other funny thing that i thought about during regards to all that is that ryan mccaffrey Uh made a tweet saying something to the effect of like Oh, because like Greg Miller had posted a thing asking Ryan McCaffrey people. guest on PSVG? Yeah, that's the only thing he's ever done. He's, he oh. was a guest on PSVG. <laughs> okay. He knows some stuff about Xbox. <laughs> um, yeah, so Ryan McCaffrey of IGN. Basically, oh. uh, yes, that guy. <laughs> uh, Greg Miller had done the thing asking the question, and his was pretty close to 50-50, whereas Ryan McCaffrey's was more in favor of, off- of Offset. And he's like, wow, I'm really surprised, you know, seeing that there's this much demand for it, you'd think that maybe PlayStation would consider that when releasing their next controller. And I was like, yeah, but yours was like 60-40, so why wouldn't Xbox consider releasing symmetrical ones then? It's not like it's, you know what I'm saying? It's not like it was like 90-10 or 80-20. I don't know if this is going the way that Donnie wants it to go. (laughs) So I just, anyway. (laughs) <laughs> that was all of my thoughts. So anyway, oh, a, a, a new Fable sound. Probably really exciting for people who love Fable. That sounds great. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, Donnie, I'll say I can't answer the first question because I don't know. Uh, <laughs> the second, the second question. Yeah, a new Fable sounds amazing. If I haven't heard about a new Fable for the past five years, so <laughs> put up or shut up, Xbox. <laughs> What if, it was like, what if it was like just slightly better than Fable 3? Would you still be excited about it? Yeah, because it would be slightly better than Fable 3, <laughs> okay. which was the worst Fable. I'm just checking. <laughs> I, just, just making sure. Yeah. No, as long as it's not Fable in space, which is what people thought was going to happen last year. <laughs> oh, I do remember hearing about that. I, I actually kind of would have been down for that. That might have Pass. been exciting. <laughs> okay. okay. Pass. Okay. Well... <laughs> <laughs> well thank you so much listeners for contributing we do appreciate it. if you do have any questions you can always hit us up at board of vg on 
Twitter or send us emails, boardwithfiji at gmail.com. Uh, we love hearing what you want us to talk about because it makes it a lot of fun. Hmm. With that, we're going to go ahead and start moving towards ra- wrapping this show up. We're obviously a gaming podcast, but we do want to leave you with one suggestion, recommendation, thing we're currently into that is helping us live a well-rounded life. Just something we're kind of digging on right now that isn't gaming related. Josh, what is your recommendation for our listeners? Hey, so my recommendation was going to be yours. Um, so I give you the stamp of approval, but I'm going to go ahead and say for people who have only had Netflix, there is a, a old new option for you. It is the series community. It is now available on Netflix, the entire series. Uh, it's, in my top 10 all-time comedy series. Uh, it's written mostly by Dan Harmon, the, one of the people behind uh, Rick and Morty and other things. Uh, it stars Joel McHale and Childish Gambino himself, Donald Glover, Alison Brie, Gillian Jacobs, Danny Pudi. Um, <laughs> Chevy Chase is also there. And uh, Yvette Nicole Brown, uh, if you know Walking Dead or Talking Dead, you are familiar with her. Uh, it's just a very clever, um, pop culture written show about uh, uh, adults and not adults going to community college together and what that is like for them. It is very good. John Oliver is also on it. Uh, one of my highest recommendations I can give. Very cool. That is Community on Netflix. This is not my recommendation, but I do want to ask a question quick. Yeah. Uh, have you watched the add-on episode of Tiger King? Uh, is it out already? I thought it came yeah, out it was, tomorrow. It came out, it came out today. Oh, 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 I heard it was a reunion episode, so I know Joel McHale hosts it. Yeah, I don't know I, that I'm interested McHale. in watching a reunion show, though. Uh, <laughs> is it like <laughs> Joe Exotic's in jail, Carol Baskin's on the couch, and then they go... Hey, Joe, do you think Carol killed her husband? And then the guy in jail <laughs> is going to tell a girl on a couch, yes, I think she killed her husband. <laughs> uh, I think it's actually mostly done via like Skype and stuff because it was done so quickly. Coronavirus, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and it does. you are right. Joel McHale hosts it. Uh, as soon as I saw it was a reunion thing, I had zero desire to watch it. Yeah, me too. I so I haven't desire. watched it yet. Uh, and I don't know that I will because... Yeah, obviously, I've talked a lot about how I am, you know, working my way back through Top Chef. I'm on season 16 now, Josh. Oh, my. Season 17 is what's airing live right now. I've made it. <laughs> I might be able to catch up and actually watch more of season 17 live. But you haven't watched Breaking Bad. <laughs> but I have not watched Breaking Bad. I had 16 seasons of Top Chef to I'm get through. I'm judging you. <laughs> That's fine. Judge away. Judge away. I haven't watched Community either, so you can judge that. If oh, you my. Like. Well, I now know. you should watch it. Well, I have that and Psych. I have a whole bunch of things I need to watch. Um, but anyway, yeah, I just was curious because I've heard not great things about this this new add-on episode. So, yeah, yeah. listeners, if you have checked it out, I would love to know what your thoughts were. Please. About it. Uh, my recommendation is something on Disney+. Plus. It is the new Pixar movie, Onward. If you are a fan in, of Pixar or if you are a fan of tabletop role-playing games or if you're a fan of <laughs> movies that can sometimes be funny and sometimes be touching and heartwarming, uh, I recommend giving Onward a shot. It definitely leans very hard into the idea of uh, tabletop RPGs, uses a lot of the things from that, uh, but also really kind of looks at family in, in a unique and different way. I like their take on how magic and things like that exist on the universe. They do a lot of really fun, unique things with it. Uh, you know, it came out in theaters in February, and then obviously with coronavirus stuff, it went to vi- video on demand very quickly, and Disney Plus also very quickly. So it just came out back on April 3rd. And it's great. I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun watching it. It's really nice to be able to sit down and know a movie's going to be done in about an hour and a half. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, so that that is a really good feeling. So definitely check out Onward on Disney+. Plus. Josh, you said you enjoyed it as well? I loved it. It was great. Uh, very fun, very entertaining. If you have daddy issues, be warned. Uh, <laughs> very emotional as well, which is typical with Pixar films. Uh, uh, caught me by surprise at the end. That's really where it hit me. But uh, yeah, I really mm-hmm. enjoyed it. No, I agree there too. Also, now, uh, if you have not previous, my recommendation from not that long ago, uh, Parasite is on Hulu now. Yes, so I can't wait Parasite, to watch it. Yes, yeah, so if you've not seen Parasite, go ahead and watch that on Hulu. Uh, if you want some humor, you can definitely check out the the Hulu's Twitter account. Did you see this at all? No, I haven't seen it. So Hulu posted about how Parasite was on uh, Hulu now, and people like they were getting a little salty with some of the replies because someone was like, "Oh, it's not a very good movie," and Hulu's like, "Yeah, it won four Academy Awards." Oh, yeah. um, and then someone was like, "Oh, who wants to read a mo- who wants to sit where you have to read an entire movie?" And Hulu was like, "Well, you could always learn Korean, learn Korean and then you could yeah. listen to it." <laughs> so they're getting a little salty with it, which I do appreciate yeah. a little bit. All right, Josh, what do you say we wrap this show up? A great idea. Thanks for joining us, everyone. In addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board with 3G, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Board with 3G. So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. I've noticed some extra uh, traffic over at Facebook, so thank you uh, for following us over there. Also, if you want to communicate in the more long form, or you're just not feeling social media, please feel free to email us at boardwithvg at gmail.com. Com. We tag our stuff with hashtag board of Fiji. So please use that hashtag as well so we can see what you're up to during this awesome global pandemic. Uh, whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is whether you're downloading us from the PSVG feed, the Dice Tower Network feed, or our very own standalone board with video games feed. You can find me on Xbox Live and PlayStation Network at Why So Serious. That's S-I-R-R-I-U-S. You can also find me fishing and planting flowers and building bridges and accruing debt and Animal Crossing on the Switch. So find my Switch code. It's on the internet. Kyle, where can people find you? So you can find me at all the usual places, Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at Cyclocross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. You may have noticed if you follow our board of video games Twitter, I did post a picture of Valley of the Kings. So probably look for a review for that next week from me. It is a fun little deck builder that I look forward to talking about more. So just kind of be on the lookout for that. As always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming.